just before we get started on questions, I just wanted to say one thing. They're actually doing the memorial service uh, for Marcus Paul right now, so just an acknowledgement of him and, and the impact that he made on, on so many of us who are so fortunate to be around him. And on a similarly sad note, a teammate of mine from college, a guy by the name of David Rose, he passed away a couple weeks ago from COVID, and we had a memorial for him late last night over Zoom as well. And uh, so really sad time to lose two special people, uh, but really inspirational people. And uh, they'll continue to have a tremendous impact on all of us who are so fortunate to know them. So thanks so much. Zach. Hey, Jason. Um, you've, you've coached a lot of uh, like tough running backs, guys that like uh, really push for you. Like, they fall forward, gain yards when they're about to get tackled. I mean, I'm sure you can see I'm about to talk about Wayne Gallman. But um, I'm just, like, how, how much do you value that in a running back and how, how special of a skill is that to have that? You know, they don't. They, they generally don't fall backwards when they're getting tackled. Yeah, I, I think it's a critical trait. And uh, in, in so many ways, your running backs can be the heartbeat of your team. And I, and I was fortunate to be on a Cowboy team in the 90s for eight years, and our running back was Emmett Smith. And, uh, you know, every week, you know, we would play against defenses whose uh, really number one objective was to slow him down. And somehow, some way, he still made yards, and he still made an impact on the defense. And again, a big part of that was falling forward and really controlling the tempo of the game. And we've had similarly good running backs, you know, in Dallas when I was coaching there, whether it's Marion Barber or DeMarco Murray or Zeke Elliott. And, uh, you know, I, I really think in a lot of ways that Wayne Gallman's been doing that for our football team here the last, you know, month and a half. You know, our line has done an excellent job, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage. And, you know, Wayne and the other backs have done a really good job kind of providing that, that same kind of, uh, physicalness that you're looking for in your team. It starts up front, but it's really everywhere. Tight ends, receivers, fullback, and certainly the guy who's running with the football. And, you know, one of the things about Wayne that's so impressive is he's a really good athlete, quickness, speed, elusiveness, but he's also demonstrating that physicalness that you're talking about. His ability to finish runs has really been apparent to us and certainly uh, helped us a great deal as an offense and as a team. You're looking at possibly Colt McCoy quarterback this weekend as a coordinator and a play caller. What's the biggest challenge kind of tailoring your scheme and your offense around the backup quarterback? You know, I think the biggest thing you try to do for, for a backup quarterback is just try to create a comfortable environment for him. And that's what you're trying to do every week for your starting quarterback. But, you know, typically your starting quarterback gets a ton of reps, you know, with the ones all throughout training camp, all throughout the week. You know, the backup quarterback has fewer opportunities to do that. So you really just have to be mindful of that and understand that he's going into a game uh, that's being played full speed by guys who have been, you know, playing at that speed, you know, all throughout the year. And he has to kind of catch up to that speed, if you will. And I thought Colt did a really good job last week in the game, just getting comfortable and allowing us to function as an offense. And uh, I thought he handled himself really well. And, uh, you know, depending on how this thing plays out this week, you know, we'll try to get him some work and some reps. And if he does have to play in the ball game this week, hopefully he'll be comfortable. So you look for things he's done in his past that he's comfortable with, uh, with you or with somebody else. Just so when that ball is snapped, it's, it's all internalized in him. He's just going out there and playing football. Tom Rock. Jason, it seemed like uh, Daniel had been able to turn a corner in the last couple of games and, and was playing at a, a pretty high level. Uh, if he has to miss time, how do you, how do you make sure that there's no regression there and that, that he keeps, he keeps that growth. 
Well, you know, the best way to grow as a player is to have experience playing in games. And Daniel's gotten more and more experience here, you know, this year as a starting quarterback in this system. And I think he's really grown throughout the season. And you said it, I think he's playing at a very high level. He's made a number of plays for us. He's minimized the bad plays. And, and the best way to continue to do that is you stay out on the field and you keep growing from the experiences you have. You know, one thing I know about Daniel Jones is that he's, he loves football. He's always uh, incredibly prepared for any opportunity that he has, whether it's a practice opportunity or a game. And uh, he'll continue to do that. Whatever his role or status is, he comes to work every day and, and he's ready to go. And he's going to take full advantage of that opportunity. So hopefully we'll get him back out there soon. He can continue his progression. Uh, but if he's not able to play, I know that he's going to be right in there with it, trying to take advantage of the opportunity nonetheless. On Zach's question there, not, not so Wayne specific, but as far as the run game, did you guys have to change anything once you lost Saquon? And, and like, why have you been able to find success with, with these other guys coming in? Well, I think they're good players. And, uh, you know, back to the point of experience, you know, we have a young offensive line with different guys playing, and, you know, they're going to have a progression uh, over the course of the year. And, you know, I think about Andrew Thomas and, you know, not having an opportunity to play in the preseason. In the first rattle out of the box, you get Pittsburgh and Bud Dupree and Watt. And the next week, you get Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. And then you get the guys from San Francisco, the guys from L.A., the guys from Dallas. You know, that's an indoctrination for a young player like that. And, uh, you know, some of the other guys, Nick Gates, really not playing center before, and the guys he had to block early on in the year. So, you know, the best thing those guys did is they learned from their experiences. You know, they got knocked around a little bit. There was some adversity, but they kept learning and growing individually and collectively as a group. And I think they, they understood more and more what we're asking them to do. They learned from their experiences, the practical experiences, blocking NFL defensive linemen. I think they've grown, and uh, we all know that we're so far away from where we need to be, but there's no doubt that we've made progress here the last month and a half, and those guys have done a really good job and have been a big part of that. Thanks. We'll take three more for Pat Leonard, Ken Zero, Tom Canavan. Pat Leonard. Hey, Jason, sorry for your loss. Uh, to ask you about fourth and third and short situations and or goal situations, you guys seem to be have a high percentage of efficiency or conversion rate, especially when you have Eli Penny on the field at fullback. You know, what is special about Eli and why are you guys converting these short yardage situations at such a high clip? Well, they're hard situations. There's no doubt about that. They're those nut cutting situations in football that you have to be good at. And, uh, you know, Eli has, has, has been a really good player for us. Whatever we've asked him to do, he goes in and plays and is effective as a blocker, as a runner. He's just a good football player. And, you know, he's one of those guys that as a coaching staff, you're always saying, we got to find ways to get him more opportunities because typically good things happen when he's out there. And, you know, he had more snaps in the game the other day. And again, he took advantage of them. Uh, but they're, they're not easy situations. They're ones that you have to embrace and, uh, and really you have to convert. And, uh, you know, I think it starts with the guys up front, the progress they've made here over the last six or seven weeks. I think that's a big part of it. Again, I think our quarterback has played well. Our runners have played well. Everybody's got a piece of it. And uh, just because we made one yesterday doesn't mean we're going to make one today. They're still hard. They're still hard every week. But we try to prepare for them as best we can and put our guys in the best situations we can. But they've done a good job executing. Zero. Yeah, Jason, uh, with regard to Saquon, uh, we talked to him a little while ago, about an hour ago, and uh, 
Uh, I'm just kind of curious, you know, obviously you went up against him a lot uh, on the other side of the ball, and, and I wonder if you feel a little deprived not to have had him to coach, so to speak, this season as, as for starters. And as a follow, there's been some pretty high-prominent, high-profile high running backs that have come back from this kind of thing. And knowing Saquon as much as you do or have gotten to so far, is there any doubt that he'll be back as, as the guy that he was before he got hurt? Yeah, you know, my, my sadness comes from the fact that, you know, one of the great players in the league isn't playing. And uh, he's such a special person. Uh, we absolutely love him as a guy. And obviously, he's a special football player. And, uh, you know, just for him not to have the opportunity to play this year, you know, it's, I'm just sad for him, you know, beyond anything for our team. He just goes about it the right way. And uh, like you said, when we went against him in Dallas, you know, he was clearly the focal point of what we were trying to do, try to stop that guy. And, you know, we had a few games where we felt like we stopped him for about 20 or 21 carries, and then they'd throw him a screen and he'd go 68 yards. So he's that kind of a player. He gets so much attention and still is a productive guy. But, uh, you know, for us, it's just, you know, he, he, he's such a great person and you love him and he loves ball and he wants to be out there. And for him not to have that opportunity this year is certainly disappointing for him and for everybody who cares so much about him. Uh, in regards to him coming back, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's a significant injury, but I really have zero doubt in my mind that he's going to come back and play at a really high level just because of the kind of person he is, the kind of athlete he is, how important it is to him. I just want a little bit of a clarification. You said making Colt feel comfortable if he plays. Does that mean comfortable mean scale back or cut down? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's scaled back or cut down. There's nothing, you know, mentally or physically the Colts not capable of doing. So I wouldn't look at it that way. But you're always trying to create an environment where your players are comfortable with what they're doing. There's a lot of plays in football. Let's run the ones that our quarterbacks like to run and they're comfortable running. Let's run the ones that our linemen are good at, our runners are good at, the things our tight ends and our receivers do best. So you're always trying to do that regardless of who's playing, regardless of how many snaps they've played. And you're probably a little bit more sensitive to that with a backup quarterback who hasn't had the backlog of reps that the other guys have had. So I just think you're trying to customize it. I don't think you're cutting it down in any way.